0: Um, Well, my name is Ashley. I'm the Children's Director here at LifeSpring, and welcome to family service. We're so glad that you're here, Um, and I am going to be speaking to you this morning about something new. I know. Exciting. Surprise, surprise. On the New Year's Eve, we're talking about something new. Um, now when I got to the preaching schedule several months ago and I saw that I was going to be preaching today, uh, one of my first thoughts was cool. I'm not going to talk about the new year though. Um, because it's too cliche on just on December 31st, talking about the new year. I mean, every pastor is probably waking up this morning and talking about the new year this morning. And I was like, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be edgy. I might even talk about something old. But um, as you can clearly see, the Lord was um, speaking to me over these last few weeks. And as I was preparing this week, it was very clear that the Lord was like, no, we're going to talk about something new. And I was like, fine, I guess we can do that. So anyways, I'm excited about, um, (laughs) even though I'm not excited about the cliche, I am excited about bringing this word to you this morning um, because I feel like it's something that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me and I'm excited to um, share it with you. So let's pray this morning. Lord, we just thank you so much um, for this morning, God. We thank you, Lord, that we get to spend this time um, worshiping and praising you and learning more about you as we close out this year, God. I pray that you would speak to each of us this morning and that you would um, open your word to um, our hearts and our eyes this morning, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, um, really quickly, before we get started, I believe Steve was going to throw up the uh, QR code in case you didn't get a chance to scan it. Please scan it. I literally did it while we were just talking about it, and I popped on there right away. So all you got to do is point your camera at it. It's amazing. QR codes are wonderful. Okay, um, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to Isaiah chapter 43, And we're going to start at verse 19. And if you don't have your Bible with you or you don't want to pull out your phone app, it's going to be up on the screen for you. All right, here's what the Lord says. He says, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. And jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland, so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. Now, Isaiah chapter 43 is a chapter of expectation. It's a proclamation of what is to come. A reminder that, yes, a Savior is coming. God is saying, I'm preparing the way. Can't you see it? He's reminding his people of what he has done and what he is going to do. He says, I'm doing something new. I'm sending Jesus to take away your sin and pain. He's going to take your place. You get to be with me. So this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the reality of Jesus, of what he did, of how it affects us, and why we should live different because of it. Um, If you got one of our kid bulletins, whether you're a kid or you're an adult who wanted to do the kid bulletin, um, and if you didn't get one, we probably still have some back at the Welcome Center. So if you've got your bulletin this morning, there's some fill-in-the-blanks. And the first one, I believe, is Jesus is... Something new have you heard So as I prepared for today, I felt strongly that I needed to address this part of isaiah 43 and what it's saying here God is doing something new. He sends jesus to us Jesus enters the world through the way that every human has entered the world for thousands of years He comes to live with us, to grow up in a poor carpenter's family. He surrounds himself with fishermen, tax collectors, and with the ones that society deemed unfit for normal human interaction. He heals people. He raises the dead back to life. His words stir people to abandon good jobs, stable homes, and normal life, all for the sake of following him. He teaches thousands. God is doing something new. Since the moment that that bite was taken out of the fruit, since humanity decided we can do this ourselves and we can do it better, since sin entered our world, we have been striving to be good enough. We have been forcing our own ways to get the most out of life. We have been fighting for the feeling to be connected to God again. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is Jesus. In the beginning, Jesus already existed. Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Jesus, and nothing was created except through Jesus. Jesus gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines, or brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So Jesus came for us. God is doing something new. After pouring out his life on earth for us, he came that day to a garden. He sat and he prayed And he waited. The Pharisees had had enough. He was beaten. He was made fun of. He was deprived of water. He was spit on and kicked. He was made to carry on his back the very thing that would bring his death. They hung him up on a cross, pushed a crown of thorns into his head, and watched as he died a slow, painful death for them. For you and for me, for everyone, God is doing something new. But the story doesn't stop there, right? That's the best part of the story is that it doesn't end there. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He came back to life because like it says in John 1, verses 4 and 5, his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Death could not hold him down. God is doing something new. He took our place so that we could once again be connected to God. So that the hole in each of our hearts that aches for more could be filled. That is the gospel. We separated ourselves from God. We can't get to him on our own. We needed a savior. Jesus came. He sacrificed himself for us. He restored our relationship with God. All we have to do is believe him and say that we do. So do you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord? Do you guys believe it? Do you want him to do something new for you? Romans 6, 5 through 11 says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin. And alive to God through Christ Jesus. When you say yes to Jesus, you are made new. The past is in the past. It's dead. It's over. Your life has already been saved from the clutches of darkness. All you have to do is accept it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So what does this all have to do with Isaiah 43? And what does it have to do with you? Well, I'll ask you, have you heard? Do you know that Jesus is something new for you? Do you know that you can accept the gift of life that he's giving you? I know that there are a lot of us in this room that do know that. And we have accepted But there might be some of us in this room who have never said, yes, I believe that Jesus died for me. And so this morning, I have more of my sermon, but I wanted to take a moment, if everyone would bow your heads. If you in this room have never said, yes, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that he sacrificed his life so that I could live. And you want to say that this morning. I just, to yourself, out loud if you want to, I believe. That's what you're going to say. I believe, Jesus. So, Lord, I just thank you this morning. I thank you for the people in this room who have never said yes to you, who have never known that you died for them, Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for them. We thank you, Lord, that they are saying yes to you today, God. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you've got your fill-in-the-blanks, here's the next one. Jesus does something new. Did you know? So the story of our lives with Jesus doesn't stop at saying yes to him. Christianity isn't a one-time event where we say yes, and then we move on as if nothing happened. Sure, I'll go to church when it fits in my schedule. You know what? The new year is starting. I'll commit to reading the Bible every single day. Well, until week two when things get a little bit busy and I just don't have time to do that anymore. No, our old life is gone. When we say yes to Jesus, our new life has begun today and tomorrow and the next day and the day after that, and again, and again, and again, and again, every single day. It's like, it's like in your walk with Jesus, every single day is January 1st. Every single day is a new day, a new year, a new place. Lamentations 3, 22 and 24 says, <clears throat> says some good stuff. It says, "The faithful love of the Lord never ends; His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning." I say to myself, "The Lord is my inheritance; therefore, I will hope in Him." Now, the writer of Lamentations had experienced a lot of pain and suffering, and a lot of the Book of Lamentations is pain and suffering. Yet he knew. Each day that he would have new love, new mercy, new faithfulness, new hope. In our new life with Jesus, we have this too. We have the opportunity to learn who God has created us to be. We have the opportunity to learn the gifts and the tools that he's given us. We get to grow our character and let the Holy Spirit lead us to be more like him. We get to let Jesus, to let the Holy Spirit Do something new in us every single day. Now, Jesus doesn't just want to spend time with you on January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. I forgot on the 5th, 6th. Oh, the 7th and 8th got really busy. 9th. Is it really January 25th already? He doesn't want to just teach you, grow you, challenge you when the new year starts and you say, yeah, I'm going to do this this year. He wants to do all of that with you on a random Tuesday in February when the clouds have been hovering a little too long and the rain just won't give up and the seasonal depression is cuddled up with you on the couch. That's when he wants to talk to you. Jesus wants to meet with you in the middle of May when you're gearing up for the end of the school year and you're making last-minute vacation plans and you're studying for the finals that you have in a few weeks and the overwhelm has settled deeper and deeper. That's when he wants to meet with you. Jesus wants to change your life on a cold October night when the sicknesses keep getting passed around and you can barely remember a time when you were well and the anxiety starts to creep back up. That's when he wants to meet with you. Jesus wants to challenge you when you're gathered around a table with your whole family for the first time in a long time and you don't know when that's going to happen again. That's when he wants to challenge you. He wants to be with you when you welcome a new baby into your home and celebrate with you. He wants to hear from you every day. Jesus doesn't wait until the new year to straighten out his priorities. Why should you? Jesus can do something new in us every day. Will you let him? Will you say yes when he says, I want to work on this area of your heart? Will you allow him to change the way that you speak to people? Will you let him change the way that you think about yourself? Will you let him lead your finances? Will you you allow him to let you know where you should work or where you should live? What relationships to engage in? Which ones to cut off? Will you let him show you how to love others? So I want to uh, pause here and pray again. If you are already following Jesus, but you've closed him off to certain parts of your heart, and you're saying, nope, I'll, I'll do you and me, Jesus, but you can't touch this area. I'll show up to church, Jesus, but don't ask me to change this part. If that's you today and you're like, nope, all right, I get the hint, Jesus. Let's do it, you and me. Let's attack that area. It sucks. I don't want to do it. It might be a little bit painful, but if you're saying today, all right, I get it. I got to let him have all of me. If that's you this morning, I want everybody to bow your heads. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand and I'm going to pray over you. Lord, we thank you so much for these people who are saying, Jesus, you can have every part of me, Jesus. You can do something new in me every single day, Jesus. I don't want to stop you from doing new things just because I'm not ready. I want you to do new things in me every single day. Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for these people who are being bold and who are stepping out and saying, yes, Jesus, do a new thing in me. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's your next fill in. Jesus calls us to something new. Will you join him? Well, not only is Jesus doing some, or is Jesus something new for us, and not only does he do new things in us, but he also calls us to something new. When we say yes to Jesus and start to follow him and then let him do something new in us each day as we grow in relationship with him, we also get to join in what he is doing. In Matthew 28, Jesus calls his ragtag team of fishermen and tax collectors, and he breathes new purpose into their lives. Verse 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, this is known as the Great Commission, if you're not familiar with it. And this charge to go and tell everyone is a challenge that has been passed down to every believer in Jesus since that moment. In Mark 16, he offers a similar call. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Now, because Jesus has come and he's taken our sin and shame, we now get to grow closer to him. And also tell others what he has done for them too. Those disciples could only have reached so many places on the earth before they died. And they did try. For sure they did. But then the next generation of believers came and they told more people. And then the new believers told more people. And then those believers told more people and more people and more people and more people and more people people, until here we are at the door of 2024. Will you tell others about Jesus? Who will you tell? Who will you tell that Jesus is something new for them and can do something new in them? What does that look like for you? You know, each of us in this room have unique gifts and talents and ways that you can reach others. Is it through writing, speaking, acts of service, caring, praying, teaching, loving, just showing up, listening? What are the gifts and the talents that God has given you that you can use to reach others? Now this last week, I got to tell you guys this story because I, it's just, it it was awesome. This last week I spent some time with one of my grandmas and one of the days that I was with her, she received a phone call and she was on the phone for quite a while and it seemed like she was kind of talking with an old friend. She's, she had her phone on speakerphone and she's walking around her house having this conversation and I can only hear bits and pieces of it, but it sounds like she's conversing with an old friend. So, when she gets off the phone, I was like, "Wow, that was quite a call. Who was that? Well, it turns out that the other person on the line was my great great aunt Vita, and my grandma sorry i'm gonna cry Ugh. my grandma proceeded to explain like how we were related, and I was like, "Okay, maybe I met her one time. I don't know um, and she's explaining this to me and I was like, well, what what was this call about? Like, my great, great Aunt Vita, how old is this lady? And she's like, oh, she's like in her 90s. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, So my grandma tells me that Aunt Vita keeps in contact with as many living relatives as she can because she wants to make sure that every one of them gets to heaven. My great, great aunt, sorry. In her 90s, spends her days calling her relatives and friends, asking them about the state of their salvation so that she can see them in heaven someday. It really made me think. When was the last time I asked my uncle the state of his salvation? When was the last time I reached out to my brother who's not following the Lord and said, how can I pray for you? When was the last time I called my friend that is so deep in the lie that this world is out to get her and there's nothing good in it, that Jesus died for her? When was the last time I told her that? Oh, Sorry, guys. It's just, when when was the last time you did that? When I'm in my 90s, I want to be like my great-great-aunt Vita. But I also want to be like my great-great-aunt Vita right now when I'm 27 and I encounter somebody in the grocery store who's hurting I want to be so compelled by the urgency of life without Jesus and the good news that life with him is. Will you join Jesus? Will you partner with the great commission given to each of us to tell the whole world the good news? Not as a New Year resolution, but as something new today, new again tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, new every single day. Is that what you guys want? So this is my last call to pray. If you follow Jesus, and you're like, man, I need to be more like great, great Aunt Vita. I need to be caring about the people in my life. I need to be telling them about Jesus. And I haven't been walking out the Great Commission. If that's you, I want you to be a little bit more bold. I want you to stand up, and I'm going to pray over you. If you're like, I need to start telling people about Jesus. Whether you already are and you need to get better at it, or you're like, I just, I just got to do it. I got to tell people the good news. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for these people who are faithfully following you, Jesus, who are saying, I want to tell people the good news. I want to tell them what you have done, Jesus. I want to tell them that you are something new for them and that you do something new in us each and every day, Jesus. I don't want to get to heaven and not see them, Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We commission these people to go out and spread your word to each and every person, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, go ahead and take a seat. Worship team, if you would come on up and join us. I want to leave you with um, just a couple last things before we close. The first is a passage from Mark chapter 8. It says, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Don't lose your soul because you put off saying yes to Jesus until it feels like the right time. Don't put off letting Jesus change you until you feel ready. Don't put off telling people until you think they will listen. Following Jesus takes sacrifice. Following Jesus is uncomfortable. Following Jesus is not easy, but it's so worth it. The God that we serve does new things every single day. January 1st brings feelings of expectation, hope, change, and a fresh start. But with Jesus, we get to experience that feeling every single day. We just have to be willing to listen and obey. Jesus calls us to leave our old life, to look more like him and to start telling others about him every day. Jesus doesn't wait until the new year. He doesn't wait till you've got everything sorted. He wants you now. Are you ready for something new? mm